I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Well, hi, folks. Uh, Jeremy here from the Sick Boy Podcast. And I have a quick announcement that I want to throw at the top of this episode. Some of you may or may not know that uh, I have another podcast titled Turn Me On Podcast that I host with my wife. And we talk about things like sex and relationships and kinks and a whole bunch of naughty stuff. And we're doing a live show here in our hometown of Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's actually happening this weekend. Uh, that is February 9th. And it's taking place at the the Mayflower Curling Club, uh, an amazing little venue if you've never been. And uh, there's just a few tickets left. So I wanted to put this out there. If anybody is in Halifax and you want to come see Turn Me On Podcast live, uh, you can get your tickets. Head on over to turnmeonpodcast.com slash shows or you can go through TicketHalifax.com to find the tickets. They're 16 bucks plus taxes and fees. And here's the big thing is that show is uh, we're in partnership with the Halifax Sexual Health Center. And $1 of each ticket is actually going to go to HSHC um, to raise some money uh, for some, some shit that matters. So if you want to come out, <clears throat> have some good, delicious, good robot beer and see a wonderful show, our guest is going to be the the ever-so-famous Rouge Fatale from here in Halifax, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. So go get your tickets, turnmeonpodcast.com slash shows. Okay, let's start to this week's episode. I am beyond, beyond elated to, to bring this to the airwaves. Uh, this is an episode that I've been hoping would happen for, for a good chunk of time. Uh, today's guest is one of my heroes, one of the most important people uh, in my entire life, Erin <clears throat> Morris, my drama teacher. Uh, she's played a, a massive role in, in shaping who I am as a human and I love her to death. And this is this is one of those extraordinarily silly and fun conversations. Aaron, I love you. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the mics. And I, I, I know that everyone tuning in this week is going to, to see why, why you're so important to me. Um, so hope you enjoy it. And we love all you. See you on the other side. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Mo. She has rheumatoid arthritis. Let's talk about it. You uh, literally just counted and this exploded. On its own? Yes. What? Are you for real? I am not fucking joking. I yeah I counted down and then you it went just blew three up. two and then this thing fucking blew up I didn't I swear to God I just went like this put your hand on it put my hand on it it blew up 
That's that was why, crazy. That's why you're supposed to hold your thumb over the top. Actually. Are you? Rec- are, oh, really? Yeah. yeah are you so, recording right now? Yeah, we are now. Well, let me just say then. <laughs> that scared, was fucking. That scared the shit scared out of me. me too. Uh, we. Uh, so this is a. Re- this is. This is. I mean, who knows? The episode might end up being shit. But this is. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a really like uh, special episode for me in particular. Because uh, we get to sit down with one of my favorite uh, human beings on the planet, uh, a person who has effectively changed the course of my life. Oh, my goodness. Yep, you did. Um, uh, my mom. No, just kidding. Uh, Air Morris, who you were you were, and always will be, my drama teacher. Mm. Uh, but you showed up with a bottle of Prosecco to, like, to congratulate us on, on, you know, we're doing pretty good, I think. Sick Boy's... You know, you've done well. We're leading people to believe that anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're tricking them enough. Uh, And I put the bottle on the table, and Brian was counting down to hit record, and he went three, two, and then as soon as he said one, the the fucking cork exploded. It was like he did it with his mind. Yeah. Because for for those of you guys who don't know, usually right before we record, I always count down four, three, two. One and we're live, and then <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I well, almost always do that. Have you guys ever, um, have you guys ever done the thing with the with like with the knife or with like a sword or some shit? What's it called? Yeah, sabering. Uh, yeah, sabering. I was Someone, gonna say lancing, but sabering is, <laughs> I think is better. Yeah, uh, is it lancing or no, sabering? It is, it is sabering. sabering. Yeah, it is sabering. Someone described that to me the other the other night, like on New Year's, and I'd never heard of it before, and I was like, oh, that's crazy. That you just like you just follow the line of the bottle, yeah, and you, you, you trace right up and it pops the whole thing. That's right crazy! Off. It just yeah. like slices right through the yeah. glass. Crazy. Anyway, thanks for the prosecco, Mo. Mm, my Here, pleasure. Would you like some? Yeah, I'm there take you go. The first swig. Um, so, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm I'm wildly excited that this is happening. Uh, I've been wanting this to happen for quite a long time, and I knew it would eventually come. Um, but before we start, uh, we're obviously going to be talking about uh, sickness because you're you've got. Some shit going on. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, wait, you said you weren't sick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Taylor drank from the bottle. Fuck. I'm not contagious sick. <clears throat> um, before we get into what you're dealing with, I want to tell a story and I want to see what you remember from this because I've told this story <laughs> to these guys a number of times. It's like my. It's probably his favorite story <laughs> to tell. It's, well, a, it's a go to bar story and I don't think I've ever said it on the show. And you told it just recently. We were out for your <clears throat> birthday. That's right. And it came up and I said, Oh, fuck the amount of times I've heard this story, because someone they, 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 it was it was on the topic of what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you ever, and I was like, yeah, oh, the funniest know, moment of your life. I know exactly what story this is for Jeremy. I've heard it a thousand times, so I'll just sit back while he tells the story. So I'll try to tell like a, a, a sort of condensed version of it, so that we don't. I'm take like too much almost time. certain you've told it on the show before. I'm almost know. certain you won't tell a condensed version too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Yeah. That's so you sure. were there. Okay. It was. Uh, I was probably in grade twelve. The improv team and you. You took us out. You were our improv team coach. You took us out to see um, some community theater at the Dartmouth Players Community Theater House. Yeah. And the show was essentially so. So let me just lay this out. Uh, Dartmouth <laughs> Players Theater. Very small, like little, <clears throat> um, sort of, sort of black box theater setup. Totally, yeah. In the audience is three people, two of them sitting together, one person solo, and then the entire improv team who decided to sit all the way at the very back. <laughs> Which is how many? 
Which is like what? There's probably like probably 13 12, of us. 12 13 of us? plus me. Yeah, probably. So so <laughs> the other people are sitting like right at the front. Actors come out. They do this show. The whole idea of the show was it was like some sort of spooky mystery where the the there it was a, a couple, a man and a woman, and the woman early on in the in the in the show sees out of her window a murder happen in the apartment adjacent to theirs in the window, and she's freaking out. But everyone's like, no, 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 you're a crazy woman. That didn't happen. And her husband's like, no, sweetie, like that's not the case. And she sees another murder like the, the next day, some, something like that. And Very I'm, rear window sounding. <clears throat> yeah, it was totally a ripoff of like, you know, Friday night or whatever the Freaky Friday or no, that was the body switch. That was the body. Yeah, <laughs> different, different movie. Um, so, so then there's a scene and we're, we're basically coming up to the, it's like the climax of the first half of the show. We're coming up to the, the intermission. And she sees this murder happen again. This is like the second or third time she sees the murder. And the scene, the way it's supposed to go, is she witnesses the murder, screams, puts her hand up on her her forehead and does that like classic, and faints. And as she faints, her husband rushes in, catches her mid-faint, right? This is what's supposed to happen. Picks her up, walks her over to the couch, gently lays her down. I'm assuming this is what was supposed to happen. Gently lays her on the couch. Strokes her hair, kisses her forehead, <laughs> then what? and like and like shakes his head, Scene. sad, and then walks off stage, and the curtains close. What really happened was she sees the murder, puts her hand on her forehead, she faints as she goes down. Husband rushes in, swoops in, picks her up, stands up, starts to walk her over to the couch, but fucking trips, <laughs> and instead of going down and taking her with him, he's like. Nah, <laughs> she's getting to that couch. That couch is a good five feet away. He throws her body through the air. She smashes the side of the couch, hits the ground. He collapses and like wrenches his knee. <laughs> <laughs> wrenches his knee. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> we as a group, except for you, Mo, are laughing so hard at this moment. <laughs> But then our laughter starts to calm down, and also every like the actors, everyone hears this laughter. I mean, it's a small room. We are dying laughing. The guy, so the, the woman, she's like, uh, 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 she like gets up and slinks onto the couch and like lays on it, and the guy's like, ah, uh, 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 and he's grabbing his knee, and he gets up and he goes, oh, uh, and he starts to drag himself over to Ooh. her. Ooh. Uh, uh, Jeez. And he like kneels down and uh, yes. kisses her <laughs> kisses her forehead and he's like uh, ow ow and like walks off the stage. Now at this point we are <laughs> shit pissing howling. Like <laughs> like it's like and the, and the laughter is like contagious. And the three the three people that aren't with us they are not laughing. <laughs> and that's making us laugh even more. And Absolutely. you Mo, you are like shut the fuck <laughs> up. You're so you're irate. Because I think like there was something to do with like whoever was running the Dartmouth Players Club, like they also were like I don't know, like the the main adjudicator of like the improv games or something. You were like, we're (laughs) fucked this season. (laughs) (laughs) I've never in my life laughed so hard than when watching that guy commit to getting to that couch (laughs) and kissing that poor woman who he clearly concussed. (laughs) Like she was done for that the rest of that run. 
I remember that oh. evening, and I remember taking you all, but I do not remember that. I probably blocked it out. Yeah. <laughs> Something to forget. Those ungrateful little fucks. I probably locked him out. Yeah, you were definitely pissed. You were really pissed. Oh, that's really funny because that much more funnier. I oh yeah yeah. You guys used to love it. The matter I got, the the more hilarious it was for all of you. So good. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, that was the funniest moment of my entire life. And that's when I was like, still pretty much like a baby teacher. I was just a brand new little baby teacher then. Yeah, look at you now. You you actually run. Uh, you own twelve schools. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. You rolled up in here in a in a in a Tesla X. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'm really I'm, I'm really making crown, ed- I'm making education which is work a bit for me. Weird, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and and a grill for some reason. That was, those were <laughs> okay. cool like ten years ago. <laughs> but you've got gold in your teeth. It's yeah. weird. I'm trying to bring that okay. back. I'm trying to like recycle that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a really good Jer story. If there's a time to share, yeah, let's do it now. right now. Um, so I was Jeremy's grade 10, 11, 12 drama teacher. I also coached him for three years on the improv team. And I directed him in our school musicals. So we spent a lot of time together. What, yeah. musical, what musical was it? Uh, we did Fame and we did uh, um, Grease. Yeah. Jeremy was Danny in Grease. Yeah. And uh, I actually never told for- me this. Oh, yeah. see, we're going to learn true. a lot of stuff today. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't remember Fame. Who were you in Fame? I mean, uh, I remember the I show. Was like but- the, I was like the, hey, what's up, ladies? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm the, I'm the oh. sexually aggressive Italian yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot, no <laughs> I cannot remember that character's name. But the stage. Joey? It's fame. probably fucking Joey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds like a Joey. It You're does. basically Joey from Friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, one day we were uh, wrapping up improv practice. And for some reason, Jeremy was lagging. Like he was the last one packing up. This is one of my fave Jeremy stories, actually. And he was the last person to leave. And so he walked out my classroom door and he goes, Bye, Mo. See ya. Love ya. And then he walked down the hall. And that was just weird. Like, you don't tell your teachers you love them a lot. You know, but it was just really, really funny. And so there was this weird moment where I took a breath and I was like, thought to myself, hmm, that's weird. And the principal walked right in with, did he just say what I thought he said? (laughs) And then that's when you got fired. (laughs) That is inappropriate. Uh, And so you opened your own 12 schools. Actually, what happened was he went down the hall, and then I think you must have had your own moment where you were like, what the fuck? That was really weird. And then you came back, and you're like, you know, like, love you, like, you know how, you know, like, you love, you know, love, like... You know, and you you're, are my, you're my teacher, and and I love, like, you know, and I was like, I get it, Jerry. It's okay. It. Yeah, and then yeah. you were so embarrassed. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's how I feel every day when I tell... Uh, Every time you use the word I, whenever love, I go to Starbucks like, and I'm like, thank you, I love you. <laughs> and I walk out and, and I come back. And, but like, I love, you know, I love the, I love, you know, a white chocolate mocha. Ah, oh, fuck. I love the coffee. You make the coffee. I just love that, you know, it's a, it's a thing. I love you and I love the coffee. I love you all the coffee. Yeah. Well, I do love you, Mo. Oh, dude, sames. And this is, uh, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be great because also another reason why I'm excited about this episode is because it is the second time. That will be covering arthritis, um, and we haven't fucking touched on arthritis in a long ass time. And uh, I mean, everyone's experience with everything is different, but I feel like what you've experienced is going to be very diff- vastly different from when we spoke with Meg, uh, which was a fuck like ages ago. Meg was a juvenile, wasn't it? Juvenile, juvenile arthritis. Of sorts? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I listened. That was a good episode. So what you got? What do you got? The, like the rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah, you got it. You got the rooms. Yeah, that that's sounds really. Like, that sounds really like. Um, <clears throat> It just sounds like a lot of calluses. 
You know what I mean? It when feels I heard... like it sounds like something that happens to old people. Well, Definitely. I was going to say, you are, arthritis you are an sounds, old person, so arthritis, this makes sense. Arthritis across the board sounds old. You know? Right? Yeah. Well, but know. you know what? The, the benefit of the doubt to, to Meg, she had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Right, so like, right at in least, the title, you at know. At least in the title, it's like, hey, by the way, asterisk. Yeah. It's going to say arthritis, yeah. but it's like. That just sounds like one. somebody in like their early 50s got arthritis. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? <laughs> So, uh, Aaron, you are, you're what, 85 now? Mm, I mean, I look 40. <laughs> right, 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 right. But actually 85, no, 40. Okay, yeah, so 40. 40 years old. Yep. And you, uh, when did you, so like when did this all start? Because you didn't have arthritis when I was saying I love you. No, you loved me long before arthritis took hold. Um, yeah, I love you long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say about, I'm two years into my diagnosis. And probably two to three years before that. So it took a long time to get the diagnosis. And in fact, my diagnosis was pretty quick compared to some people. I think the average is four years. It takes between sort of onset and getting a diagnosis of what's going on with you. Um, So yeah, I'd say about five years managing, dealing, asking questions. Like, okay, so you're 40 now. This is a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, When you're like... I'm about to turn 30 this year, mm-hmm. and for me, I'm starting to like those I, uh, thoughts are creeping into my head where it's like, oh, like maybe this is happening to my body because I'm getting older. Yeah. Like, like the, I, the dribble thing that you were talking about? Sometimes I don't know how to avoid the jokes that you guys oh. like. It's like you set it's them up like so you perfectly. Right into that the, one. The, problem, <laughs> the problem is, is that like if if it's you impossible. fight it, if you fight it, Don't and fight then it. and then you're like, that, I didn't say anything about that. Then everybody just thinks that you're lying, dude. But, it's like improv. It, you just have to go with it. That's yes, right. and what's yeah, the golden yes, rule? And, yes, and yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so and you, but, you're feeding him like I that's know, what we call it, feeding yeah. and endowing. I do it. That's why you guys keep me around. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. But what, but what are you talking the, about? Though? The, the like, point what are you I was talking about your body that, um, personally? Yeah, just like aches and pains, mm-hmm. you know, like right. muscle soreness. And I mean, uh, like you guys know, I've been going to the gym a lot. So yes, we do know that. He, said, he said with a wry smile. <laughs> <laughs> so like obviously, I've been having more muscle soreness as of late. But like, but like you, you wonder on like recovery times and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, how many reps? Like how many wads and how many reps yeah, you know, should be doing? I'm starting and like, a little bit sore because like you're working out a lot. What you know? sort of cycle you should be on? <laughs> yeah. All right, so, all right. Get to the fucking the, point. The point was, the point was, is, is that like at 38 years old, what like. What was it that made you kind of go, oh, well, this doesn't seem normal? Like, was it mm. was it right. that extreme? <clears throat> you know what? Initially, it's funny you bring that up because initially that was totally my thought. I was probably about 35 or 36 when little things started to crop up. And um, like in hindsight, you look back and you go, that was that, but I didn't know that. Though. Right, exactly. And at the time, I just thought, this is what it's like to, you know, be approaching 40. I really did. So valid, valid point you're making. And I think that's why initially I just kept putting things off. Like it was, it started one summer. My, my feet would, I'd wake up in the morning and my feet would feel sore, right? After I'd just been sleeping all night and achy, right? And, and I thought, okay, well, this is, you know, oh, well, maybe I was on my feet too much yesterday, or maybe I did too much of this or that, or worked out too hard, or was that, you know, you know, whatever the case may be. And you're not like doing CrossFit or anything like that. Definitely not CrossFit. No, that's <laughs> okay. not my jam. But, um, but I, I'm pretty like a physically active person. I have a very physically demanding job and it's busy and it's active and, you know, um, have young children. 
my oldest is 10, my youngest is six. So at that time I had a toddler. So um, I just thought a lot of the, you know, this is what it's like to be getting older and have kids mm. and you're just, I'm tired. And, and I <clears throat> am a teacher and that's a physically demanding and emotionally demanding job. And I just thought it was all of that initially. And then things got weird. Things started to get really weird. What got weird? <laughs> uh, that same summer, my hands, my hands would kind of go numb. And if I was driving or if I like held them up for too long or I was doing something like painting or whatever. So that, that was the start. These funny little weird things that, you know, we, this all happens to all of us. Something happens in your body and you sort of wait it out and see if it stops. And then you're like, oh, okay, no worries. Oh, yeah. Do you know Every, what I mean? Everything. I'm, yeah. I'm actually going through that literally right now. Um, I got really. With the dribble thing? <laughs> <laughs> I got really sick. Just see uh, how long it dribbles for. And then if it dribbles for too long. You're peeing. You're just full on being then. <laughs> if it dribbles for too long, <laughs> you better be at the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had a really bad flu last weekend. And, uh, oh, yeah, and it was real bad. My, uh, the fuck, bro? I said, was anyone really sick before you started drinking from no, the Prosecco? He's good now. I also didn't drink any of the Prosecco. But, oh, right, because you're uh, right, kale. So, so, <laughs> so um, uh, but my my thumb has has been numb since, and like I I felt like that's uh, just like weird nerve pain from being sick, and like you just wait long enough and it get be- it gets better. Which yeah. is that also like can we just talk about that that explanation you just gave? Oh, it's just weird nerve pain because I had the flu. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. where's the connection right. there? These well, are just, you know what I mean? Well, I uh, that's that's very conspiracy. I know Ryan's inner doctor. I don't want to. I don't want to go too deep into it, but I just assume that it was something from like being overly like dehydrated from. What were you doing sick. with your thumb while you had the flu? I don't know. Sucking on it because you're, you're such a little <laughs> fucking baby. You're such a little baby. Guys, I'm taking a lot of shit. <laughs> but the, yeah, you're already right. on here you're already. You are. It's been pretty heavy. It's been a pretty heavy flow. <laughs> But um, it's been very like most information in this episode has been fake. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. But to to your point, for for real, it is. It is. I think one of the things that makes it so hard to be well for me and anybody who who can identify with what you just said, which is you know waiting around and to see if it goes away. And one of the reasons why I feel like it sometimes is hard to actually go see the doctor when something actual that needs attention crops up or pops up is that is that you have so many of those things that do just go away like yeah. those are like 99.9% of all the things that happen to you they just go away so when that like point zero one thing comes along that you need to go get checked out how do you know like is it's especially if it's not something that like is crazy severe like you're going oh my 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 hands are a little numb my Mm -hmm. my feet are sore like oh this must be what it's like to be you know almost 40 like how do you know that that's the thing well did you did you let this go for a a long while um probably longer than i should have um because i was really busy. And I think that's the other component is Mm. that we live really busy lifestyles and I don't so much anymore. My life has really gotten a lot quieter because I can't keep that up any longer. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just had babies to take care of and like, you know, boys to send off to school and my own work to do. And yeah, I just kept sort of pushing it off to the side. And, and, um, that fall, it, it started to be very much more consistent. So it was kind of coming and going throughout the summer. And then in the fall, it was like in the evening, my feet were tired. And then when I woke up, my feet were tired and sore. And, and once I got on them and I was moving, 
it was, you know, it would wear off in, you know, 15 or 20 minutes and, and it got better, you know, and then I had this window of time in the day where I was perfectly fine. I felt totally normal and perfectly fine. Mm. Um, and then as time progressed, that window started to close and get smaller and smaller and smaller. The window where you felt good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I felt good, I felt completely pain free. But See, that would make it even more confusing. It's like, oh, well, it's a morning thing and a night thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a morning into the afternoon slash like early evening thing. Oh, it's uh, pretty much all day except for three to four. Uh, <laughs> I should go get checked. <laughs> like, totally. And that's the funny thing about all that too is that you start to justify in your head why, why you're feeling this way, right? And you, I think your body almost like acclimatizes to things. You go, this is just how I feel now, yeah. right? And then probably, you know, I got through that school year and I was like, things, weird things are happening, but I just kept sort of pushing it away. And then um, – that spring, so almost at the end of the school year, that spring, I had a pretty intense flare-up to the point where I I couldn't work for a couple of days. And that was the first time that I had to take time away from work because of what was going on. What does a flare-up look like? Like what like I mean also this is this is a flare-up before you even know what a flare-up is. Totally. But uh, you're right. Looking it's only in hindsight that I'm calling it a flare-up. Yeah. At the time I thought I had done something uh, I had like, you know, overdone it physically you, yeah, in some way. Yeah, you just way. fucked up somehow. You're yeah. like, oh, I must have done this thing. Well, yeah. So what was what was happening in your body? Like how did it present itself? Uh, so initially it was like very tender, sore feet in the morning and in the evening and just a little bit of stiffness in my hands, right? Just when I would wake up, my hands would be stiff and achy. And then once I got moving and doing things, um, everything would loosen up. Same with my feet. And... Um, but in the spring, actually, this happened at improv. Um, we were doing an improv game, and I collided with two students, right? And I fell back. And when I fell, I I did something to my shoulder. So I fell, you know, the three of us collided, and then I fell on the floor. And my shoulder just was not right for a few days after that. And then, you know, a couple days passed, and I thought, hmm. This should be easing up by now, right? And I think, again, in re- like looking back, you know, my body handles inflammation differently now. It really holds on to it in a way that's different than before the onset. So I think, you know, my doctor would characterize my, my I had so, sort of like a slow onset and some people have like a really quick, mm. immediate chronic onset. Mm-hmm. And mine was very slow. Um and then I had to go, I had to have physiotherapy, physiotherapy on my shoulder and I had, you know, it just was hanging on and I couldn't get rid of this pain in the shoulder. And so that was the first major incident um, that sort of was a flat, like a red flag for me going, mm, this is more than just, maybe it's time to sort of get like, investigate yeah. this a little bit. And when you, so did you go to physiotherapy f- first for your shoulder? Or did you go see your doctor first? Yeah, I went to my doctor first who gave me sort of like the prescription for like physiotherapy. Okay. Yeah, and I was taking, you know, um, different sorts of anti-inflammatory things, Advil and whatnot, to sort of help. And it just wasn't helping anymore. But at, at that point, there's no like indicator or any cause for concern that it might be something more than just like a, an inflamed muscle. Right. Right. 
Right. And Except how do you, that it was it held on for so much longer. Even the physiotherapist said, um, "This is unusually, you know, it's, you're hanging on to this un, for an unusually long like, amount of time." Very, very weak. You're a very weak <laughs> genetically. I, I think you're just weak. Yeah. Uh, I'm very sorry. You, most ninety nine percent of patients recover from this in much. Yeah. Yeah. The, more physiotherapist, the physiotherapist grabbed your arm, moved your shoulder around, then went, "Yes, genetically <laughs> weak." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can. Feel it. It's in your genes. <laughs> I have to be honest. My physiotherapist was very handsome. Yeah. Okay. So I was okay with it. Yeah. Sweet. I was you, okay this with. This also the, makes it hard because you just weren't right? listening to a fucking word he was nope. saying. I was like, like, I did just so, falling into his eyes. So Keep touching much, my shoulder. I did so much physiotherapy as a <clears throat> as like a as like a young kid with hockey and so many injuries and like that's that was always. So, so distracting. The hot physiotherapist. It always seemed like it's, it always seemed like, like every physiotherapist was like. 25 mm-hmm. and good looking and mm-hmm. I'd be like do you feel that way do you guys feel that way about massage therapists <clears throat> like when you go into a massage therapy uh, I got I got a pedicure the other day for Christmas and I went in to get my pedicure done and the pedicurist uh, or pedicure giver pedicurian uh, pedicurian <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. she was so beautiful and I immediately fell deeply in love of course mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you do I took my wedding ring off and I went to throw it at her face <laughs> but then I realized not the time, so I put it back on, and then so she started like when put, she was done, you took it off, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Threw it at her face. She was massaging my feet and like and talking to me and like and she, you know, she she I I got I I paint my toes, so I she she didn't know that I, she thought I was there for like the man's pedicure. I was like, no, 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 I'm no, here for like, give me the real shit, I want the fucking real thing. <laughs> so she was like, oh, okay, pick like pick your color, and then I was like, well, you pick my color, and, and it was like this very like flirtatious thing. <laughs> And then you. Anyway, yeah. this is going nowhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally just re, reliving the. <laughs> well, the you said that I, I'm a massage I, therapist, but I, I don't feel that way about massage therapists because when I go to get a massage, it's always for a very specific, like, yeah. yo, beat me up. <laughs> Whoa, dude. Whoa, dude. So, so a very aggressive rub and tug? Is that. <laughs> Guys, I don't Holy I don't fuck. feel comfortable where any of this has gone in the last little bit. All right. That was fucking funny. Uh, was your uh, physiotherapist, was his name Warren? It wasn't. Okay. Warren, there's, there's Warren a, sounds there's yummy. Warren sounds there's, yummy. There's, there's a, yummy. Yeah, there's a, a, a well-known physiotherapist name. I think he's a physiotherapist. Uh, Warren, he's really good. He's great at his job and, and comes highly recommended. And uh, actually, I've sent a few athletes to him, but he's also like super handsome, like very well known for being like a really handsome yeah, guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's I mean, got to be like, I mean, it, honestly, just it's got to be hard to be that good looking and be someone who like like good looking doctors good looking dentists good no, looking man, I don't find it that not bad a dentist, being like, not a dentist <laughs> you're your dentist no, no a dentist is like fucking, Brian feels okay here, about it here, how yeah, hot is this I'm good looking Jared open your mouth no, <laughs> how but, hot is that <laughs> I, know, I know but it's just like I don't know you know I Chris is going to kill me that I'm telling this story but Chris and I like converse about Chris these is things your, uh, your, it's your my hubs husband yeah and I uh, so we both and regularly. You guys met, he was one of your students, right? He was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, so not okay. So not okay. Like especially <laughs> now. Yeah, just yeah. Where we Chris. are now. Uh, the line is there, and Jared's like 10, 20, 50 feet yeah, past there, the line. There goes your job. <laughs> um, yeah. So I said to my husband one time, we see the same massage therapist, and. Um, I, you know, she's lovely. And I said, like, how is that from a man's perspective? Mm. Um, does it ever feel weird? And he was like, 
no, what are you talking about? And I was like, don't like, you know, it's, she's a woman and she's attractive and she's kind and, she's you know, physically manipulating and she's, you, you know, that's physical touch. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, uh, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, I said, you know, I won't get too explicit, but I was like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he knows. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's never happened. And I thought, okay, I wonder if you're being truthful and honest okay, with me. About that. Sein- yeah, if yeah, Seinfeld yeah. did an episode about it, then it happened. It happens. Everybody knows. And back to the physical touch component, even like, even sometimes I'm, I'm a straight woman, but sometimes it's just tingly and feels great. It doesn't matter who's touching you. Yeah, especially when you right? have like a, a torn groin. <laughs> I think it moved. Oh my god! Is that, that's the that's, that's the, the signpost question. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just talking about right now. I was like Taylor. I just said torn groin. Relax. Oh. <laughs> Stop it. Oh no. So okay, let's just so then, uh, rain it back in here. So Mo, um, how did you find out that you had arthritis? <laughs> oh right, right. That's what we're here for. Oh fuck. Um, so. I um, went through another school year of just sort of managing pain with a lot of Advil, Tylenol, et cetera. And then I had a fl- another flare up. And at that point I went to my doctor. I had, I had stopped in to see my doctor and had said, listen, I think something weird is going on. And she sent me for blood tests and nothing came back. What, sorry, and just to go back they, to that. Is that how they find out? Blood tests uh, partially. I'm curious okay. though about that. I, again, that first flare up. Like, what do you say to <laughs> what do you say to your work when you're calling in and like not going into work for those days? Because it's like, yeah. like I yeah, it's like my, you're sorry, my knuckles are sorry. <laughs> well, sorry, I can't come in and teach drama because my knuckles are sore. <laughs> <laughs> and my feet. I, I think I was on my feet too long yesterday, and everybody's like, "Yeah, we all were." Yeah, like, yeah. So were we. like is, is Shut that, the fuck up. Is that um, is that a hard? Yeah, you know what? I think that's part of it too is that I (laughs) am, you know, speaking of like the times that we're living and working in, the times that we're living and working in as the profession of teachers is particularly challenging. Especially here in Nova Scotia. Right now in Nova Scotia, yes. And um, has been for the last few years and I suspect is going to continue Mm. to be challenging. And so that's, I think, part of the reason I didn't. I looked at my colleagues who were tired and exhausted and having their own health issues and I didn't want to whine and mm, like make yeah. my crap part of what was going on there. So I think that's part of why I ignored it in some ways for a long, long time. But it's kind of like like prior to knowing that you have arthritis, it's much harder to say totally. like, oh, I'm sore than like when you actually have a diagnosis and totally. you're like, oh, it's arthritis. And they're like, oh. I'm really okay. lucky that at the time I had a department head who was very understanding and who would just tell me, take care of yourself. You can't do your job mm-hmm. if you're not well, if you're not feeling well enough. And then Especially if you're like the only teacher out of the entire faculty whose job is to like run around and bump into other students. You know what I mean? Like there's no fucking math teacher that's like, ah, I got to take the day off today. I, I, me and three students collided in the middle of the math class and I fell and hit my shoulder. You know, like there's no other teacher doing that. Too. Even the gym teacher's like, no, no, I'm just on the sidelines. Like, Sick Boy Podcast will be right back after this word from our sponsors. Think of your favorite one-hit wonder. Or that overpriced toy your parents would never let you have. Or that TV show that no one else remembers because it was canceled way too soon. Now what if we could fix it? 
I'm Francesca Ramsey. And I'm Delon Grant. And after 20 years of friendship, we are now hosting a new nostalgia podcast called Let Me Fix It. Each episode, we'll dig into our favorite celebrities, shows, and brands of yesteryear, and then imagine what it would take to repackage them for relevance today. Think of our show as an intervention, but with way less stakes. So subscribe to Let Me Fix It wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I always have this feeling whenever I, whenever I'm too, whether it's I get the flu or I have a cold, that's usually like the, the usually the only things that kind of keep me out unless I haven't had an injury in a while, but that's something where I can't go to work, can't teach yoga, whatever it is. I always have this sense of guilt. There's totally. a big sense of guilt. And I, and I'm, and I was just thinking about that while you were saying when, when Brian asked that question and I was thinking, do I feel that way? Because there was like a number of times when I was younger where I actually faked being sick so I could stay home from school. Mm. And, that, and now, and now, and now yeah. I'm, and now I'm worried as an adult that I'll that, get caught. That, that, not that I'm going to get caught because I'm not faking <laughs> being sick that anymore. My mom will find out. <laughs> but, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just constantly concerned that my mom's going to call me. Your mom just go, calls you. Are you, are you are at you, home? Are you at home? Are you at home? Why aren't you at work? And, and, but I'm, I'm wondering if, if that sense of guilt for me comes from that or for, or for some of us comes, I get that, comes dude, from that, I get where, that where you're like, where you're like, Oh fuck, they're not going to believe I don't that know I'm the, sick. The, because, uh, I was saying that I had the flu last week and, uh, Maddie had the flu really bad too. And she was supposed to, uh, teach yoga in Quebec city, which is like a five hour drive from Ottawa. And, totally uh, worth teaching one and, class for fifty bucks. Uh, but but she does it. It's a regular. It's a it's a it's a. Anyway, I, I don't need to justify it to you guys. But uh, but it, it was really important to her to be there too. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. she was she was throwing up sick in Ottawa at nine o'clock on uh, the Saturday night, and she had to be there at nine o'clock in Quebec City. On Sunday morning. Yeah. So she's like, I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm going to wake up at three in the morning and I'm going to drive there and like, like try to be there on time. And it was just so like, it was such an extreme thing to try to, to, to do, to try to get there and be there. But she just felt so guilty. Yeah. But the, the, the reason why I'm bringing her up is because like, I don't think she was the type of person to fake sick when she was younger too. Yet like the guilt for There's her that was, sense of guilt was, mm-hmm. and she just felt so bad about it. And ultimately like, you have to take care of yourself. Yeah. Like there, what, see, my what, problem, what my problem was I did fake sick and am really sick. So when <laughs> I would, I would fake sick and, and play up the fact that I actually am sick. So it was a lot easier to fake it and mm-hmm. lie and, and get away with it. So then when it came time where I really was sick, I was like, are they going to believe me though this time? Cause like I, I, you know, it was like boy who cried wolf kind of. Almost. I also yeah. remember you dragging your ass to school though for, for times when you sh- like at times when you really should have been home. Yeah, for sure. Um, I gotta be at improv. Like this is happening. Well, or, if it had you know, anything things to like do that. with the stuff that I loved, but mm-hmm. like every, that it, there was two things that I loved at school, which was improv and you. Oh. oh, but I wonder where that. I was going to say improv and drama, but then just you came out. Where does it? Where does it? Where does it come from? That sense of that sense of of is it is it letting people down? Yeah, I don't know. Um, is it feeling like like someone is judging you or you know thinking what? that you're lying? I, I personally think it's it's the okay. So for example, when you're talking about uh, me dribbling. The incontinence thing, yeah. like you're you're obviously joking. Yet there's probably a small small portion of people who are like maybe you know like may and and I think that when you're sick and when you call in sick, it's like you're worried there's that there's that small like inkling or possibility that they think that you don't want to be there or that you're yeah. that 
maybe like for whatever reason you should because be there. they are there and they're like I f- I'm fucking here and you should be here too mm-hmm. and yeah. when you're you know there's lots of jobs where this is the case but when you're teaching there's you know I taught 90 kids a day so there's 90 people that you're letting down yeah plus your colleagues who may have to cover for you or you know what I mean so there's that I mean there has been some crazy crazy situations where I had subs come in and like the fucking shit that happened was insane so we used to just destroy substitute teachers yeah. my god it's a, such a sin it, it's terrible um, they're chum and the and the students are sharks why totally. why because they're weak they they're just, just they weak. S- you can smell it weak you can smell it man it's <laughs> yeah but right. like some subs are like the best yep and they yeah. come in and they lay down and they lay it down and yep. they're just like a they're just like an alpha that comes in and goes this is what's going on and some subs come in they're the hard just, nelson and you just go fear yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. totally yeah. and and at the height of my illness before my diagnosis we had like two very specific scenarios where i had called in sick um because of you know, my symptoms that I didn't know were rheumatoid arthritis symptoms and had insane situations happen. I had a sub come into my classroom and like curse and swear at the kids, Mm. call them little fuckers to like, you know, basically told them they were the equivalent of prostitutes (laughs) because they were actors. Like this insane, like this insane stuff. It wasn't because they were actors, it was because it was sackful. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, Brian digging another step. That's also true. Yeah. (laughs) And you know that's fucking gnarly. Yeah, Who's, and this, did they get fired? This sub was, uh, I, you know, I truly don't know this person's name, but this sub was escorted from the building by Whoa. admin. And Whoa. I got, a, and I got a phone call. I'm home, miserable, sick, <laughs> with like, you know, when they were you having a bad day, man, a, a bad life. They're having a bad, yeah. bad week. Um, and uh, I got a phone call Fuck. from guidance. Just so you know, this is what you're coming into tomorrow. You know. Drama students are incredibly emotionally attached to their teacher. Uh huh. It's intense. Yeah. Because um, the dynamic in a drama classroom is that the students are the textbooks. So the relationship is really important. Yeah. And I was um, so open with my drama teacher. And I wasn't even, I, like, drama wasn't something that I was, like, particularly attached to. Or good at, I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, 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 I could act, no, I could act if, uh, if I was put on the spot. But I was, like, my drama teacher was, you know, very buddy buddy and very open and 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 honest with my drama teacher, even though I wasn't particularly, you know. Involved. Yeah, because if you're expecting young people to take risks, you have to be willing to show that you'll take a risk too. Mm-hmm. And it's very there's like this mutual respect develops really quickly, mm-hmm. right? Public speaking would have I don't think would have ever happened if I had not taken drama, like yeah. Being, yeah. doing monologues. And 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 speaking in front of people and being willing to 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 study something and then regurgitate it and 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 be with somebody and look into their eyes and and play a character like it's really fucking it's humanizing. And there's a lot in education right now that separates the body and the brain. And drama is one of a handful of places in education where both of those things have to be accessed at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. Yeah, so crazy subs, and I had guilt about that, and then you know, I never, I never felt good about calling in sick until I had my diagnosis. And Brian, you're right. Then I felt, then I was like, I felt like that was permission to take care of myself for the yeah. first time. Mm. I was really thankful for for my diagnosis mm. when I finally got it. So what? How do they do it? They're like they take some blood. 
So I had, do they, you know, do they hit so your initially, knee with that little, uh, little hammer. No, I hate that. Don't you hate that? I love it. I know. Taylor, oh. Taylor doesn't think that it works. I, I think it's a fucking myth. No, no it isn't. It's, it it no, works it for me. Flex, yeah, it doesn't like, work for me. And I got fucking. It will right here. Watch. Back up. I think you have your leg has to be dangling. Yeah. Okay. So for turn, those of you turn, who can't turn, see, turn, which turn, is turn, everybody turn. watching this, uh, Jeremy turn is setting up in front of Taylor. They're facing one another now. Taylor is sitting with dangle? his legs really I can't wide let open. My feet dangle because my legs. Dude, you got short ass legs. Let those feet dangle. Here we go. So his Sorry. feet are dangling. That's not going to work. No, he's tapping. Here, one sec. Jared's hitting his. He's <laughs> hitting me punching hard aggressively. Now, just, now you're just hitting my and shin. Not, not I think happening. you're fucking sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you probably got arthritis. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, sorry. So they, uh, they take your blood, but how do they actually figure this out? So initially, my family doctor sent me for the basic set of blood tests and nothing showed up. And so they, t- they look at inflammation, the inflammation levels in your blood. Ah, yes. Right? Um, and then um, th- I didn't, nothing showed up. And then there was questions about, was there a history of it in my family? No, there wasn't. And that was the other Usually that's the other clincher is that there's a, you know, the doctor can say, well, look at all these members of your family that uh, also have this struggle. No one in my family had it, Mm -hmm. which is very, very unusual. Um, Usually there's both of those things, inflammation um, when you take a blood test and then some family members with a history of it. So I didn't have any of that. And so she just, you know, sort of put me on um, something to help manage the pain. But that was really the end of it. That was like, okay, let's go away and see if you can manage the pain. And Initially, that I got really frustrated. That was not enough. That was just not enough. Um, like you wanted more. I didn't want to manage the pain. I wanted to know what was wrong. You wanted with more me. answers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then I had this flare up in the spring, and I was out of school for a week because I literally the medication I was taking naproxen <clears throat> at that time daily, every day, just to get through the day. Yeah, your liver loved that, right? And I knew it was bad for me, and I. But at the same time. I just had to get up and live my life. So I was completely torn. Um, and then I had this massive flare up where I couldn't work for a week. And it took me, normally if something would happen, I could, you know, I was figuring out these ways of calming it down. So I would do like cold baths, hot baths, or I would do, um, you know, I would ice what was hurting and then I would heat just above it at the joint above it to like draw the, inf- I had sort of figured out all that just from research and asking the right people. I had this team of women I kid you not, literally getting me through my work day. I was seeing an acupuncturist, a naturopath, a massage therapist, um, you know, a, 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 a chiropractor. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. A crystal specialist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a shaman. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> but literally, looking back, these women were keeping me. Yeah. And then I was also trying to wife and mom at the same time. Mm. It was insane. I look back, I don't know how I did it. Did you ever look that week that you had the flare-up, did you ever look to see if Mercury was in retrograde? <laughs> <laughs> Because that probably could have solved all your problems. Yeah, I wish I'd thought of that. I feel really stupid now. Um, yeah, and then and then that flare up just pushed me to a point where I was like, "That's enough. I am just going to go. I'm going into my family doctor, and I'm just going to lay down the law." Mm. And so I went in, and I was like, "Listen, I can't live like this anymore." At this point, I had been I had been doing enough, like literally googling 
on my own, all of my symptoms and, you know, almost diagnosing myself at this point. Um, so like the word <clears throat> rheumatoid arthritis was floating around in your head. It definitely was at that point. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because the, a huge portion of rheumatoid arthritis, like uh, in terms of, you know, that idea of like pain in the morning, pain in the evening, that's a big symptom. Yeah. Um, because it's the, the lack of movement creates the stiffness. So as you rest, which you need because you're fatigued, but as you rest, it's sort of like the inflammation settles in. And so then you need to sort of, in the RA, we say motion is lotion. So um, you have to, the movement is important. Mm. Okay. So um, then I then I really pushed with my family doctor and I said, listen, can you just send me to a rheumatologist to eliminate it? Just to like knock it out of the running because I think that's what it is. Also, side note, um, when I'm I was- sorry, you're not diagnosed at this I'm point? I'm still not yeah. diagnosed. Oh, so they gave you the pain. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you said they diagnosed you and then they gave you naproxen. I was no. like, wow, nope. that seems really subdued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was just naproxen for the pain. And uh, side note, which I, I really believe is connected, um, when I was pregnant with my second son, who's six now, I was insanely fatigued. It was crazy. And, and I went to the, my family doctor and explained this to her. And I thought, okay, this is what it's like to have a toddler and be working and be pregnant. And she said, no, no, this is not the right amount of fatigue. You're exhausted. So I would teach all day, come home and sleep from three to five just to be awake until 10 o'clock. It was exhausting. I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism at that point. Mm. That's important because there's a lot of like I guess the word would be comorbidity of yep. hypothyroidism <clears throat> and rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. and any autoimmune issue. There's, you know, anything that, because hypothyroidism is autoimmune. So once you, it seems to me that once you are in one camp of auto, something that's autoimmune, it's not too far off that something else could crop up in your life. Right. Right. Because these are triggered. So they say with hypothyroidism, it's triggered by an, an intense life event. Which like I pushing think, a baby out of your right, vagina. Which I think was my first son. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Is that what, like, what what other things would qualify as intense life events? Like, that's, I guess like that in, makes sense. physically intense traumas. Okay. So, um, or life events. So, you know, I think that there's probably a huge list. Anything that was, like, is very physically demanding. Okay. Right? Having a baby is amazing, but also it, it takes so much out of your body, not just the actual birth process, but nine months for nine months, this like creature is leaching things from your body. It's fucking to bizarre. build. Yeah. It's to, it, is it really that hard? pass me that bottle of Prosecco Um, (laughs) the subscriber level just like fucking plummeted (laughs) like a 90% female listenership it's a joke our listenership is now 100% male (laughs) and it's 40 people Um, I think women will hang on because all three of you are so cute. Oh, that's oh, very thanks. sweet. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then I finally pushed and my doctor said, fine, I'll refer you to this rheumatologist. And so um, that was in May and she sent off the reference and a month passed and I hadn't heard, I didn't hear anything. This speaks to this, like to our health system, I think in Nova Scotia, mm-hmm. this portion of the story, a month went by and I called my family doctor. I said, I still haven't heard from the rheumatologist, like not even the date of my appointment. Mm-hmm. Oh, not to worry. It takes time. Another two weeks went by. So this is six weeks altogether. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know what? I called back. I said, if you don't call, I'm going to call their office 
at this point, I was like really self-advocating. And also looking for a new family doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Good my luck. family doctor's awesome. Yeah, no. um, and, uh, but, but. But you got to get shit done. You got to get shit yeah, done. You, and, and nobody, and you, you are the only person that knows your body. Yeah, exactly. And also you need to, everyone needs to advocate for themselves, especially not because it's your doctor, because of the system. Totally. It's not, it's not just Nova Scotia. It's this, it's the whole country. Yep. It's just the way that our, our system works. It's just works. a really overworked system yeah. in all yeah. aspects right now. Yeah. Right? What, does, what does a rheumatologist do? Um, they specialize, like it's, it's, it's a good question. Cause it's so interesting. It's such a very specific thing to be specialized in. Mm. Right. Have you guys seen the movie room? <laughs> I, I have. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I read the book. M? Yeah. 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 Room. How do you, how else do you think you spell rheumatologist? R O O M A T O L O T Y. Rheumatology. Rheumatology is a branch of medicine devoted to the diagnosis and therapy of room. Rheumatic diseases. Mm-hmm. Physicians who have undergone formal training in rheumatology well, what, are called what rheumatologists. Falls, what falls under the category of rheumatic? Rheumatic. Yeah. Obviously, well, let's, let's find out. Rheumatic arthritis. diseases <clears throat> is an umbrella term for conditions causing chronic, often intermittent pain affecting the joints and/or connective tissue. I bet you, Ehlers Danlos might be considered a rheumatic condition. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. Sources dealing with rheumatism tend to focus on arthritis. Uh, let's see, what do we got here? We got, holy fuck, uh, anglo, an, ankylosing spondylitis, relapsing polychondritis, don't try to, don't try to say system those. lupus, endothemosinosis, rheumatoid arthritis, gout. <laughs> Man, I hate that word, gout. Yeah. Juvenile arthritis. <laughs> oh, this is a great one. Strogren. Syndrome. I think. I, the, I think that's an. I think they have that at IKEA. They do. <laughs> Scoloderma, poly polymyositis, derma. Guys, I thought we covered a lot of diseases on the show. I haven't heard of. Isn't it any amazing? Of these fucking things. That's Isn't crazy. it amazing? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I'll so. tell you something interesting about the rheumatologist's office. Every time I go there, like I'm middle age. Let's. I'm just going to own it. Forty is middle age. Okay. Um, yeah. Every time I go there, I am the youngest person in the room by 25 years. Yeah. Totally. Seriously. Yeah. But rheumatoid arthritis often the onset is middle age, like between thirty and fifty. So why aren't there other like why aren't there other people in your age group that are seeing the the rheumatologist? I don't know. It's a good question. And it it's often women. It's predominantly women that suffer from rheumatoid arthritis. Now, I suspect that some of these older people that I see in the uh, doctor's office are They've been going. They've been going, right? Yeah. That sometimes is something I worry about and a concern I have is like, how does this, how will this affect me as I age? Mm-hmm. And will I be able to, <clears throat> you know, something Chris and I have started thinking about is not, not thinking about retiring, but like having little mini retirements Ooh. throughout. Is it, uh, <laughs> is it degenerative? Like, yeah, especially if not, like if you, depending on how the medication works for you and when you catch it. So when I finally did get my diagnosis, um, which was amazing. I went in and, and she said, you know, my um, rheumatologist has this amazing accent um, that I cannot duplicate. Um, and Are you sure? I, like I, I could, I could, no, yeah, she's, she's, on, she's, I, she's, I don't know her well, name. You wouldn't like uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't use her name, Rheumatoid. but she's just got this beautiful accent and she's very firm and strict mm. with me. Are you, like sure she's, Are you sure you don't want to try it? Um, I'll try it. <laughs> I'll okay, go for it. Go. So she'll go like, Erin, tell me your story. Tell, she's, it's calming, yeah. but she, also you're afraid of her a little bit. Can we yeah. ask where yeah. she's from based on how you do the accent? Bulgaria. <laughs> I was going to say Egypt. Can you give me a, small, a smaller taste? 
and then right. when I so I told my story and Tell her, t- say say um, say Aaron, your knuckles are swollen. Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Your knuckles are swollen. Nope, that's sounding yeah. a little bit Irish. Yeah. Kind of like no, Irish, no, Middle no, Eastern. Sounded Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's Middle Eastern. Sounded very Japanese. My husband's going to love this because he says I always sound, every accent I do sounds like I'm trying to play a Mexican Whoa. character. Uh, just so I was Googling rheumatoid arthritis. I, I, like, I kind of fell pictures? down a hole. Dude, yeah. the photos are scary, right? very scary. How does that happen? This looks like a horror, f- uh, a scene from a horror film. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even j- fucking And so joking. pre-diagnosis, this oh is the God. shit I was coming across Jesus and I was Christ. freaking out. Yeah. Dude, look at that. Yeah. Is that not oh. fucking crazy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're at home, just uh, Google rheumatoid arthritis, hit images, mm-hmm. and prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. Is it always just the hands? Like, these hands Hand- are fucked. You know what? It's, um, it usually starts in the extremities, hands and feet, so fingers and toes, and then wrists, <clears throat> ankles, and then it sort of, like, literally progresses its way in, depending on when you get your diagnosis. So do you think witches, all witches, <laughs> have rheumatoid arthritis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Witches' noses definitely have it their hands definitely <laughs> yeah. have it it's very it is very scary yeah yeah that, and that's the stuff as i was researching that i was encountering and to be honest with you i was starting to see changes in my own hands and feet so yeah. you couldn't you probably couldn't tell but like I mean, my hands look good they look all right yeah. but and my toes like i have some weird crooked toes now that Did i'm you, really uh, self-conscious about when i go to the beach that weren't like that no now my husband will say you always had ugly feet yeah. He always tells me that. Such a sweet man. Now that <laughs> he is really lovely. Um, if he's honest like me. that, then of course he definitely is. He always told me, you know, your feet are not your best, you, your best quality. I love those feet. That's actually a quote. That's a direct quote. <laughs> it's like you were there when he said that. Did you write it in cursive writing on your wall? <laughs> but I do have some weird, like, freaky toes now that I feel really. So when I go for a pedicure, <clears throat> You're like, I don't always, look, just do it without <laughs> looking. <laughs> so it's a really messy, messy paint job usually. Yeah, um, yeah it's crazy. So yeah. I have some crooked toes now, and I can see where some of my fingers started to turn in. How, how does that How does that happen? Like what is happening in your joints to make it I believe it's different? swelling. Yeah, so what happens is actually, so I've seen the x-rays of my hands and feet that my rheumatologist sent me for, and um, basically the swelling starts to eat away at the tissue in the joint. So it like eats it away and replaces it. So when the swelling is gone, then there's like, there's, you know, parts Mm -hmm. of your joints that are missing and don't exist anymore. So the synovial membrane uh, or the synovial fluid, there's, it it, it thickens, it gets, the synovial membrane thickens. And so that basically causes the swelling and then the swelling would cause the the contorting, I'm guessing, based off of this... uh, Mayo Clinic image. (laughs) Thank you, Mayo. And you can, but like that was starting to freak me out. Mm -hmm, um, Because, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm super, you know, concerned about, you know, I'm not full of myself when I think about looks and things like that. But we all want to, you know. We we all look our best. We all want to, we all care, right, about what we look like. Yeah. Um, And. um, You don't want to look like a witch. That doesn't. That uh, can't afford in, like it, like an enchantment potions. Yeah, and, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to hide in plain sight. No, yeah, it's yeah. Right. yeah. You know, if I'm going to be a witch, I'm going to just 100 percent go for that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. gonna like run straight to the woods, straight into that direction. Put on my cloak, like fire yeah. up my cauldron. Yeah, <clears throat> you know get, what I mean. Get your ass on, and that I make room. some kind of potion. <laughs> yeah. How right. do they make their skin green? 
Like, what is it that does that? Uh, I think it's I lack mean, of cleaning. Also, you're talking about like that. That's a that's a just that's that's, that's a, not real witch. That's a Disney witch. You ever see a real witch? Mm. Fucking terrifying. Man. Actually, I've seen some beautiful real witches. Yeah, like gorgeous women. Well, that, that's those are enchantments. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to know how to make those enchantments. That would be my first potion. Then, mm-hmm. 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 how? So when you get your diagnosis, like how is this? How is this getting into? <coughs> I mean. So you're li- fatigued all the time, and the fatigue is a massive part. And obviously, and obviously, I'm assuming that not just the fatigue, but also like your movements, how you are going through your day, how you're doing your job, how you're interacting with your children, how you're interacting with your husband, with your friends, and everything is compromised in that way. Like, how did that? Especially once you got your diagnosis, and you can see and look back in hindsight that like this has been affecting you, but mm-hmm. now you're now you're, and now you know why. Now you know why. Mm. How is that? How does that affect you? in like all of those aspects of your life and like interacting. I remember there was a point where I couldn't comfortably get down on the floor to play dinkies and being really sad about that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. I couldn't get down with my little guys and play dinkies because I couldn't comfortably put my feet underneath me or I couldn't bend. You Ooh. know, when you crouch and your, your toes kind of bend, yeah. I couldn't do those things. It was it was starting to impact my teaching because my, my teaching is so physical. And you couldn't play um, dinkies with the students either. I couldn't do any more dinky play <laughs> yeah. at school. Yeah. Did it make you feel sick? <laughs> did it make you feel sick or did it make you feel old? <laughs> Both, probably. Do, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like Mostly just old. Mm. Mostly old. And, and pre-di- pre-diagnosis, I kept thinking, like, God, this aging thing really sucks. Mm-hmm. A close to 40 is horrific. Because it, it is not something you think about as being sick. You know, like of going, oh, my bones ache. Like that's right. not a that's not a sick feeling. And even now, two years into the diagnosis, it's it's like one of those. And I'm sure you've had people on the show that talk about this all the time. It's one of those things. Like I don't look sick. Right. Yeah. You've got that right? invisible disability. Thing. I don't look sick, and I'm really thankful that a lot of my methods and 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 therapies and medications are really making it so that I'm not sick a lot of the time. Mm. But then when I do get sick or have a flare up, it's hardcore. It's wicked. Yeah. Were you on some like crazy meds? I still am. Were, yeah, were you doing the like the the cancer meds? Yeah. Uh what's it called again? It's it, called methotrexate. Okay, okay. I thought I started with an I, but I'm sure there's a few. Yeah, it's you, Is that one of the ones you call Did Meg take that? Didn't she call it meth? She was like, I'm taking meth. Uh, maybe, yeah. I, I feel like she was taking one that started with an I. I, I don't know why I was meth, thinking that. Methotrexate? Is Me- that- methotrexate. Methotrexate. Yeah. It's a DMARD, which is a disease-modifying anti-rheumatoid drug. How do you take it? Is it pill? Or- There's lots of different ways. I take a very small dose um, once a week. And when I don't take it, my body reminds me I haven't taken it. I literally can... I always take it Friday nights. When I first started taking it, I was nauseous. That was probably... You know, sometimes when like the cure is just as bad as the disease, yeah. um, I felt nauseous for 48 hours every time I took it because it's in, in big doses, it's used to fight cancer. Is it a, is it a chemo? Like yeah. What, so it's a, yeah. So you're basically so like in large, large, chemo. large doses, it fights cancer. You're like in, microdosing chemo. Yeah. yeah which right. is, which is like. So trippy. That's so. Just toxic, taking these little, so toxic. These little bits of poison. It's really interesting because um, like. You is it is this one of those things that like you get diagnosed with an illness, you start taking this medication and it makes you feel better, but if now if you stop it's much worse? So initially the day I got my diagnosis, um my rheumatologist sent me out to start a um prednisone. So a serious sort of like a descending um, steroid. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, descending prescription of prednisone. So I started out with like six a day for a week and then five a day. Do you have you know crazy I mean? food cravings while you're on it? Um, yeah, I was hungry a lot yeah. and put a little bit of weight on, which is not, I didn't do too bad, but I. That was I, when you got into the Olympic lifting, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I felt like that was my you. only shot. I was surprised that you, you lift way more than I did. Like, I was feeling pretty good. Um, and then I was, and then I was supposed to start my methotrexate right away. So the prednisone was just temporary to like immediately stop the swelling, bring down the swelling. And as bad as it is, that is a miracle drug. In 48 hours, I felt 50% better. I kid you not. Wow. Yeah. And within a week, I felt like almost like myself. This is with the methotrexate? This is with the the prednisone. prednisone. Yeah. But you can't do that long term, right? So that's just to like really shock your body into managing the inflammation. And then the methotrexate is my long term. And I'm on the smallest dose possible because I'm trying everything else to manage it, right? Right. So I'm doing just – my my rheumatologist said like you're young, you're strong, you're otherwise healthy – this is the right choice. It's an aggressive choice. There's lots of other options. And um, last year at my my like annual sort of my one year anniversary, I you know I asked her like, okay, so now we've got things kind of under control. Is there another direction we can go in? And she was like, why would we do that? You're having the perfect response to this. I have to get blood tests monthly because. It's so terrible mm-hmm. for your liver. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's Whoa, the... that's crazy. Like, is that drug taking taking time off your life? Like, is that, it- I worry about that. I really do. And when I... Last year, um, I, I went... You know, I expressed that concern. Like, it's great. I want to feel good now. I want to be able to take care of my children. I want to live my life. But am I making this decision and am I sort of like shortening things at the other end? Right. <laughs> how, how is this decision to feel good now affecting right, right. my, how I age? Are right? you, um, are you taking, I know inflammation, inflammation, chronic inflammation is like a pretty, a like myth. a pretty hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's total myth. There's no nothing one should, proving no it. one should um, believe it. <laughs> um, is that, it's a pretty hot topic and there's lots of, there's lots of stuff out there that are – there's lots of theories out there that are basically saying that you know inflammation is basically like the foundation that leads to like all this other shit that happens in your body and, it, and it's caused by X, Y, Z. And you, you get this big wide spectrum from like kooky to like ultra-scientific. Like we can cure with yoga. Talking. Like yoga right. is the number one cure. Right. Like that, that – there – as a person who teaches yoga, I guarantee there are hundreds of people, thousands of people out there that would say that. Mm-hmm. And I would say, I would reconsider um, only prescribing yoga. <laughs> uh, but, but I but think yoga is part of – Yoga is a part of the It's a huge thing. part of my – how I manage. And one of the, the questions that I have was what, are you, what do you do – what do you do in conjunction with your like pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. that helps you with inflammation like yoga or natural medicines and things like that? Yeah. So I take a, um, a weird, a, like a large number of supplements. So I take a lot of omega-3 and- You um, on that turmeric? Turmeric. Lots of turmeric. Golden, golden magnesium. Yeah. Um, I eat a lot of like, and I try to take a lot of that through what I eat, but I do take supplements as well. So, you know, I regularly eat Brazil nuts because they have magnegnesium in them. I regularly- oh, least favorite nut. Oh. Don't they taste like dirt to you? They're not great, but I, I eat them because yeah, it's well, good for me, I, right? I didn't know that there is, I, like, I don't do enough research, I think, sometimes into some of the stuff that I put into my body, but um, uh, I take magnesium as a supplement, and I didn't know that um, 
they were like good. But you're accidentally you taking could... mercury, <laughs> and I just I can't see anymore. Why am I losing my hair? <laughs> oh shit! I read that wrong. Yeah, <laughs> thought it was magnesium. It's mercury. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I didn't know Brazil nuts were a good. Yeah, and also Epsom salts mm-hmm. uh, have a lot of. On your fries, massive, yeah, <laughs> yeah, massive, massive ah. anti-inflammatory, yeah, and and like physically, yoga is something that you dabble in, yeah. Oh, multiple times a week, especially if I'm th- like, uh, so I go to classes mm-hmm. uh, throughout the week, and then I um, practice on my own if I feel, you know, if I feel something's cropping up, um, and um, motion is lotion, you know, what I'm saying? motion is lotion, and it's really interesting because I can't. Like I'm in this really weird zone now because I can't not exercise because then I don't feel good, mm-hmm. right? I need the movement, but I can't over-exercise anymore either. Yeah. So, so there's this like, balance. there's this real sweet zone that I have to stay in. You're like a large breed dog that's when it's a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you got to exercise it, but you can't over-exercise it because you're going to fuck it in the long run. Yeah. 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 So true. That's what everybody and, and, wants to be. And, I love, and I love being compared to a dog too. Like women love <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Especially when you go, you're like a large breed dog. <laughs> you know, the slobbery kind yeah. with like the heavy jowl. Yeah. Yeah. Bigby. You're, oh. you're, you're Bigby as a puppy. Oh my God. Bigby is precious though. It's funny yeah. because. That's not an insult. You said it in like a totally, like in your world, it was really endearing. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Right. I mean, really. I get in it. your reality, it was really nice thing to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the shared reality, it was no. Not so nice. Yeah. The shared reality. Yeah. yeah. As long as you can discuss it after you say it, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, so there's lots of it's not just the medication that that's why I'm on the smallest dose possible because I have this whole it's it's it, a lot of my energy now goes into managing the disease. Mm-hmm. So I have regular, you know, I see my chiropractor regularly. I I have a massage every 2 weeks like clockwork. I mm-hmm. never miss it. Um if I do, I can feel it. I walk every day. I do yoga regularly throughout the week. I have to really be careful with what I eat. I have to really think about what I put in my body. Um, there's lots of things I love to eat that I have to selectively eat now because I feel really shitty afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like that Prosecco is delicious and I'll have a couple more sips, but that's all I can do because the amount of sugar, mm-hmm. sugar, which feeds inflammation, I have that's to right. be so, so careful about how much sugar I take you gotta in. Get on that, uh, you got to get on that, on that tequila train. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, tequila makes me throw oh, up a little bit in the back of my mouth when I think bourbon. about it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Or yeah. just like uh, a water, like water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, water helps too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I heard Joe Joe Rogan was talking about. Um, <laughs> fuck, we he said this, and it's, it was something like uh, like white flour, uh, white sugar. And one other thing, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like these white three people. These three things, yeah. I think, and then and white people. Three, white that, people three are, worst things on the yeah. planet: <laughs> white flour, white, white sugar, sugar, and white people. <laughs> that, that lead white white men. Yeah, I think yeah, is what yeah, you're right you know what? Oh, I was well, thinking that gonna... correction in my head, Brian. I really was. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm really, oh. digging into, really, really digging into 2019. <laughs> Um, but there's these things that like that, that when you consume them in large quantities, they lead to over long periods of time. They're like, they're some of their, it's just destroying your body. They're just like, it's not bad to have white, white bread. It's not bad to have white sugar, but if you're eating it, have it every day, mm -hmm. all day or every Mm -hmm. meal or everything. I mean, just think about like, think about the way, I mean, I just think about the way that my parents fed me and like, you know, 
they didn't feed me trash. You know, we I, I did grow up in Sackville, but they didn't treat me. They didn't treat me. They didn't feed me like I grew I up in I feel like Sackville. your parents were ahead of the curve. They were a little bit ahead of the yeah, curve. They were but, little- they, but even then, even then, they still weren't I, – I still wasn't being fed the, the utmost healthiest food that I could have been fed because they grew up with like, yes, like bread is a – you know, mm-hmm. white bread is okay, bro. Like, Brett, you need that mm-hmm. as your daily intake of bread or, you know. The, and a glass of milk in the morning. That's and, right. Yeah, all that yeah. shit, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, in our house now, we eat. <laughs> and I don't want to ever put out the sense like that I don't love a chocolate bar now and then or that I don't enjoy a glass of wine or that I don't make, make a bunch of cookies. I do all that, but I thoughtfully do that now. Yeah. Whereas I used to just put things in my body. And um, so we eat a lot of whole food now and we eat a lot of grains and um, we don't avoid gluten, but we try to incorporate other kinds of things into, you know, into what we eat. So it's not always bread or, you know, mm-hmm. wheat products. We do a lot of rice and we do a lot of, yeah. you, you can know. get a lot of that stuff elsewhere as well. Like right. the stuff like, that you get in bread, you can get elsewhere yeah so it's not an it's not an absolute necessity right and we have such a dependence on bread like i have a massive dependence on bread so i i was um i'm not i'm not like really strict vegetarian right now um but i was for six Six weeks six years maybe (laughs) six or seven years six or seven years six hours and uh and and when i and meat meat in that transition it was it was the realization of oh wow i really didn't think that a meal was a meal unless it had meat and then i was a vegetarian so i obviously ditched that concept Mm -hmm. and but then i realized that it was bread like a meal wasn't a meal without Mm -hmm. a bread like oh well what is all this stuff without the fucking sandwich that puts it together that makes it feel hearty oh my god i love a good sandwich anyone who knows me that's how i feel about about sandwiches i'm like a meal isn't a meal unless i I finish it with cereal okay i was actually this morning having a bowl (laughs) of cornflakes thinking about you as like a cereal aficionado yeah um because that was one thing i really missed early on was i missed cereal Mm -hmm. and so i love it i know you do you're passionate about it why did you ditch cereal because so much cereal is wheat-based. It's like there's not a lot of non-wheat-based cereal options. And if there are, it's fucking garbage and that's because, Is that because wheat in general is like an inflammatory? Yeah. So, and again, I don't want you to think that I don't eat wheat. I do occasionally. But again, I, Balance. I, I, I'm not, not very often. So I try to only eat it a few times a week because I do, I literally can feel the accumulation in my joints. Mm-hmm. Um Gluten, it's, you know, I think it's the gluten or I don't know, you know, there's lots of conversation about that too on yeah. how, how gluten is affecting us or not affecting and us. And are things right. like uh, calories and fats. Yeah, and like fats are calories. Like fats we learned this from uh, This Is The End, This right? Is The End, yeah. Seth Rogen yeah. is the Anything authority. that's bad for you is yeah. a gluten. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's all gluten. <laughs> yeah. um, how, are you, how are you doing today? Like how are you now? Um, like today I feel great. So it, actual so day a, to day feels right, great. A, is it a, is it a day by day sort of thing? Like you take it one. It day can at a time? be because this time of year is tough for me. Um, when it gets cold like this, it's very very challenging uh, on the joints. Um, and summer is actually really tough for me because the humidity is really challenging on the joints. So spring and fall are your jam. So spring you, and fall are my jam. I love the fall. Just moved it. Arizona. We Chris and I no. have had that conversation oh, yeah. about, you know, moving somewhere where it's dry as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Dry yeah, as Halifax fuck. as as beautiful as it is, is not a great place for no. rheumatoid arthritis. No, no. No. So no it like yeah. it's almost it's kind of like the worst place yeah. for rheumatoid arthritis. Like yeah. Vancouver would probably also not be that great, yeah. but Taylor, yeah. you're a 
your place would be miserable for it right now because you just got that humi- humidifier. It's been a game changer, man. It's been, it, I honestly have very much enjoyed being in that space. Brian's been making up excuses to come hang out at my house, which is fine. I, I'm, you're, ha- you're welcome to hang anytime. The weird part, though, is that how like your walls are now sweating. I think you got to change that. Like, there's literally just water dripping down your walls. It's not so much water. It's the wallpaper's peeling it's, off. It's mostly like there's mold. a lot of mold. Yeah, it's like a mold thing, dude. Yeah. I mold clean everywhere. I actually, no joke. On my windowsill yesterday, on like I have, a, I'm in a new place. It looked like it was a planter box, like, dude. And and I and I and I looked at this. The, there's what? this black stripping, mm. like where the window meets the um, the like frame of the window. Yep, and. And his, I looked at his it. His girlfriend's been gone for three days, and this pops up. This yeah. is this is yeah. the life you live. Yeah, this is definitely because yeah. since, since Kyla left, everything's yeah. gone to shit. Um, <laughs> it's yeah, good and, you and know I that. I noticed that there's mold on it, and it's, and, it, and I, I clean those things like you know fairly regularly, like once every couple of months. But I had just cleaned them recent, like not that long ago, and the humidifier fucking mold. Do you think really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. Well, because like. You, because the, the it gets fucking humid and then that accumulates on the window and mm-hmm. then it all drips down to the why bottom the stripping. Did you, why did you get a humidifier? Because it's too dry and I got sick. I was waking up in the middle of the night like that with a dry doesn't throat. Make you sick. It Dry, does. Dryness doesn't make you. No, dude. Bacteria and virus make you sick. Dude, saying, dry, saying dry makes you sick is the same thing as going. I didn't wear a hat and it's cold out today and I'm gonna get a cold. No, too dry conditions can make you sick. No. No, I feel like guys, it, come on. It's um, it's not like it's dry. You're sick. It's like you're. It's like it's dry, and that's a contributor to becoming sick. In conjunction with it's the winter and it's fucking cold outside. Your body temperature is changing all the time. When you go inside, you go outside. Mm-hmm. This is fascinating. If this is real, I'm gonna curling up in front of a roaring fire, watching. Okay, hold on. This is get to the really shit. <laughs> uh, there's a reason why you get so sweaty in the summer, and it's not just of the heat. What the fuck? That's not what I looked up. Scorching, scorched sinuses. Okay, here we go. Cold, dry air pulls moisture from your mouth and nose, leaving your nasal passage dry, dried out and your throat dry. Dry nostrils are more likely to crack and give you a nosebleed. Uh, because your nose needs gooey mucus to trap viruses and other it, Sorry, it invaders. Sorry, does it say gooey? It does. Yeah, this okay. is this is WebMD. Uh, because your nose needs that seems gooey, like an unprofessional word choice. Gooey mucus and icky poo poo <laughs> in your nose nose uh, trap the viruses and other icky invaders before they can get you sick. Dry nostrils can also make you more vulnerable to colds. Holy fuck, that's crazy! And you can get a boo boo and you can get a boo boo in your nose nose. <laughs> And the flu. That's fucking wild. Yeah, dude, I wasn't fucking around. I didn't just go, I didn't just make that up in my mind and then Sometime, go to the store. Ma- you make maybe. a lot of things up. And you know, what? <laughs> you know what? But honestly, though, you hear a lot of shit that that makes you think things for yeah. Well, it's like that thing of like, oh, I went outside, it rained, and I didn't have a like, I didn't have an umbrella, and now I have a cold. It's like that's. Uh, maybe I'll look that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, all these what we would call old wives tales, I think they come from a place of truth often. Yes. Yeah, right. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, maybe We're the, trying to find a reasoning. Maybe the science isn't right, but mm-hmm. like we've followed the pattern of thinking and, and usually this leads like, to this. It's not like cause and effect. It's right. like this happened and then that leads to this, which leads to that, which leads to that, which leads to that. And now you're sick. Yeah. It's like the old farmer's almanac, right? I don't think that makes any sense. No, but that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good one, Brian. So, Mo, I, I mean, we, we got, Taya, you have a heart out at 1.30. It's yeah, 125. I have a heart out in five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, there's one question that we ask most of our guests, and 
And I, I'm really curious to know what your answer would be. It's a two-parter. The first one is what would you say um, rheumatoid arthritis, what would you say is the biggest thing that this experience has taken away from your life? Um, thank you for asking that question. I think that, you know, in a weird way, I'm very thankful for this disease because um, now that I am on a path to learning how to manage it and learning what I need to do to feel well, that I think has contributed positively to my overall wellness. So I think I'm more well now as a person who has a chronic illness than maybe at other times in my life because I'm more thoughtful about how I exercise and what I eat mm. and, and how I manage my stress. Stress is a hu- has a huge impact on rheumatoid arthritis because stress feeds inflammation. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so much more aware of my stress and how I manage stress in my life and, and preventatively how I manage it. Um, and I think also I'm thankful for my wellness in a way that I wasn't before. I just took it for granted, mm-hmm. right? Unless you get sick, you take wellness for granted. And and you don't think about how not being well changes your approach to all the roles that you have in your life. Like I love what I do. I love my job. Mm. I love being a teacher. And being sick prevented me from doing that the best I could. And I love being a mom and being sick prevented me from being the best mom I could be. Even in my relationship with my husband, like when you're tired and achy and sore, you don't feel that cozy and romantic. Mm-hmm. It, like, it impacts your romantic relationships, right? And, and you know, it, it impacts all of my relationships in my family. I don't always have the energy to do things for my mom and dad mm-hmm. or to do help things, help my brother out and things, you know, so it impacts all these parts of your life, um, which makes you so aware of how lucky you are to be well when you're well. Mm. So in a weird way, it's made me really thankful. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? Um, I mean, it's, I am in the last two years since my diagnosis and, and since I've sort of, you know, I'm going through the process of learning to manage it. I have stopped taking time for granted. And by that, I mean, and this could be a combination of factors. It could be rheumatoid arthritis plus my age plus, you know, things that are going on in my profession. But my disease has definitely played into me being aware that, you know, I got to take risks and I got to take chances and do the things I want to do now mm. while I'm well, while I'm here, here. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? While I'm aware uh, and feeling well enough to do it. So um, I'm thankful for that awareness. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, the episode wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be. Uh, <laughs> it was I a guess, real stinker. You know, I, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll probably, uh, we won't put it up, but that, this was fun. It was a good time. Um, we can try again like <laughs> next week. Or yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll better. Better. How about yeah. I call you when I'm in a flare up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, no, this was, this was exactly <laughs> what I, what I expected it to be. Awesome. And, um, uh, I'm, I, I want to say, first of all, thank you for coming in and, and sharing your experience because, you know, every time we have somebody in, in into the studio and, and sharing their experience of the of the hardships they've gone through, it's it's always something that 
undoubtedly is going to to help somebody else. <clears throat> There's something to glean from all of these conversations. And so, you know, kudos to you for for agreeing to come in and share this. But I personally and and selfishly, more importantly, I just I want to just thank you for being who you are. Um because I think I think anyone who really like listened to this episode will also hear how um how awesome of a human you are. And you've you honestly I don't I don't know if this would this fucking podcast would exist if <clears throat> it wasn't for you. I do remember do you remember we sat down and had a beer and you were like, I have this crazy idea for a podcast. Yeah. Do you remember that yeah, day? I do. Yeah. 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 And we were there far too long. Like there was a long, <laughs> long lunch. Um <laughs> But I, I mean it. I, I think I want to thank you for just just having such an effect on my life, and because that effect has gone out to affect other people, and um, you just continue to do that in your own way. And it's when I said I love you, teary. what I really meant was I love you. I love you too. Yeah, I'm really proud of the work you're doing. And uh, we just like to apologize to all the listeners. Um, <laughs> you know. It, this podcast probably would have just been Taylor and I had it not been. Yeah. So like, sorry that Jeremy is here doing this. But, uh, there's nowhere to really go from here. Yeah. Yeah, Only down. Let's down this Prosecco. Woohoo. Uh, thanks, Mo. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, thank you all so much for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, and we'll be back next week with another fascinating conversation. Probably not as good as this one, but, uh, who knows the bar set. Maybe we can, yeah. maybe we can reach it. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, go to iTunes or Apple podcasts, I guess is what we're supposed to say. And, uh, hit the subscribe button, rate the podcast, review the podcast. We love going and reading those. They're, they're always really fun. Um, and it also just helps us stay on the iTunes charts or the Apple podcast charts, uh, which is good for us because it means more people can hear these stories and hear what, what people have to share. And it, it can, it can really transform some lives. And if you want to support the podcast financially, you can go to Sick Boy Podcast. <sighs> nope. Well, you could go to sickboypodcast.com and just you, you know could figure find out. the yeah. Patreon button. Yeah, you could like you could which probably, will take you to. You could probably navigate your way around to find your way to patreon.com slash sickboy and uh, and support us there. Uh, we're going to be hitting up some new cities in 2019 and all your generous uh, contributions go towards getting us to some new places. Yeah, to Boise, to Idaho, some- we're coming to you. We're going to go to Boise. Uh, we're going to go to uh, a Fargo, uh, um, North Dakota. Nor- uh, yeah, I think Fargo's in North Dakota. Yeah, we're yeah, going. We- we're also going to be hitting up um, the Philippines. We're that was cool that uh, they booked us there. Yeah, Manila. That actually, Manila. <clears throat> here we come. Actually, may happen. Oh. They they screened the sick boy doc out there and it, it was a it was a huge hit. I think that was, that was in, in Taiwan. No no no. And I'm going Isn't to Ta- Taiwan. Taiwan in the Philippines. No Taiwan is a <laughs> disputed. <laughs> Taiwan is a disputed territory between Taiwan and China. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know about that. And it's an <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much to Donovan for the amazing sound design. I don't want to like make Donovan do any extra work here. He but, really uh, enjoys it. But uh, well. Yeah, I didn't want to make him do any extra work, but it it is cool that it sounds like we're yeah, in the uh, the bottom of the ocean in the uh, the great abyss. That doesn't help. <laughs> no, that's like, why is there a door opening? Yeah. Oh, the- I know why. Because we're at we're we're in, we're on stage uh, at the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> 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 uh, anyway.
uh, you know, we haven't we haven't uh, done this in a while, but you know, I wanted to uh, give a shout out to some of the people who have written reviews um, on the podcast. This oh, is call. this one comes from uh, the Gutless Wonder, who uh, just did a recent review back in in November of 2018. Uh, the guests are great, but the hosts are just awful. Constantly interrupting guests with jokes that aren't even funny and going on weird tangents about their own lives. I really want to hear about these people's stories, but the hosts make it impossible to get through even a few minutes of the show. If you want an insightful show about someone's struggle with an illness, go elsewhere. <laughs> do, do, do they give an example of where they can go? Because that would be even better. If you want to listen to a bunch of dudes make bad jokes and steamroll guests, then this show is for you. One star. Thank you for that. Yes, Thank you for that review. That is brilliant. We should read that review every episode <laughs> and thanks to take part for the theme music uh, they're also known as Florida Man now you can go to floridaman.bandcamp.com because the link we gave you last week was not real it was not real <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is it for this week I'm Brian I'm Taylor I'm Jeremy I'm Aaron and this is Sick Boy For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.